Today's episode is sponsored by an upcoming movie called If. We don't go to the theater a lot as a family, mostly because it's tough to find a movie we're all going to like, but If is one of those movies. It comes out in theaters May 17th. I saw the trailer the other day, and we ended up watching the trailer multiple times to check out all the different imaginary friends that are in it. Some of them are what you would think an imaginary friend would be like, a nice-looking monster, kind of. But other ones are so random, like this one that's a knight and one's a dragon and one is just a banana. And it gets wilder, too, but I'm not going to spoil it all for you. The movie is about this girl who can see imaginary friends, and she goes on this magical adventure to reconnect forgotten imaginary friends with their kids. I know me and my kids are going to enjoy going to the theater for this one, and the cast has tons of our favorite performers like Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Maya Rudolph, Matt Damon, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Emily Blunt. John Krasinski wrote the movie inspired by his own kids' imagination to be funny and exciting for all ages. It looks like a real slam dunk. The movie If releases in theaters May 17th, and we are totally going, so check it out. Hello, and welcome to the Kid Stories Podcast. I'm Phil Bechtel. Before we get started today, I want you to listen to this awesome promo for a podcast called Ben and Sophie, Wobie's Secret. It's really cool. Me and my kids love it. Check this out. Hello? Is anybody here? What is this? Two kids, a robot, and a missing professor. I think this is it. The big lab is right over there. My home. Sometimes it's hard to believe you're a robot. You humans amaze me. Listen to Ben and Sophie. Wobie's Secret on SpokenMovieProject.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a really fun podcast. You should check out Ben and Sophie, Wobie's Secret. Now... On to some shout-outs. Ella is turning seven years old this month. That's a big deal. I think if Ella was a character in Valley Town, she would be Bulis. Gentle with the bunnies, but tough with the cave trolls. Happy birthday, Ella. And Alex is Ella's little brother. If he were a character in the Valley, I think he'd be... Hmm. Maybe Ben Ben's pet lobster Carswell? No, no, no. He'd be Goose the Kid Wizard. Thanks for listening, Alex. And Grady just turned six years old. Happy birthday, Grady. I think if Grady were a character from the series, he'd be a young Master Momo, living with space wolves deep in a cave somewhere. Happy birthday, Momo. Oh, I mean Grady. And Corbin is Grady's brother. Corbin, I think if you were a character in the series, you would be a tree beast, but a good one. Thanks for listening, Corbin. Also, Felix and his cat brother Pebbles from Toronto, Canada enjoy the stories. I imagine if Felix was a character, he'd be Ben-Ben, and Pebbles would be his pet lobster Carswell. And Verity and Clements from Pittsburgh like to listen. I think if they were characters from Valleytown, they would be Gwen and Evie from the Mermaid Kingdom. Thanks for that drawing, Verity. It was great. Thanks for listening, you two. Now on to today's episode, Max and the Grey Dragon Part 5. Last time on Part 4, some heroes protected the eastern coast of the valley from the Gloop attack, and now we join the heroes on the western front for their battle. 
On the western front, the heroes looked out from the high cliffs of the valley to the shining blue waters of the ocean. All along the western front of the valley, there was a massive cliff. No docks, no beaches. And it seemed like there was no way for the Gloop soldiers to get up to land from their boats down in the water. This group of heroes, comprised mostly of the students of the academy and the ninjas of the clown dojo, were expected to destroy the Gloop ships from high above. Some students, as they looked out upon the ocean, thought that it would be impossible for the Gloops to climb up this tall cliff to land. They thought maybe this would be an easy mission. The heroes prepared by moving large boulders or rocks near the edge of the cliff. Their plan was to use their magic and powers to roll the stones off the cliff so they smashed the wooden gloop boats to bits. Like all sides of the valley defenses, they looked out to the ocean through telescopes, waiting for sight of the gloop army boats, and they didn't need to wait long. The gloop boats surrounded the island and quickly sailed directly into its shores. The young spellcasters of the academy realized quickly that the gloops were mindless creatures and destruction was their only goal. The large wooden ships of the Gloop army did not stop or even slow down when they reached the high rocky cliff wall of the western side of the valley. Their boats smashed into the cliffside and were ripped apart by the crashing waves. The Gloops would wait on the deck of their ship and when the boat smashed into the cliff, they would launch themselves at the rocky cliff face. Their gloopy bodies would stretch out and reach for holds and paths up to the surface. They were climbing up the cliff. The heroes did not expect this. No one assumed that a blob of jelly would be good at rock climbing. But the heroes were ready. Goose and Arlo, powerful students at the academy, used their magic to lift boulders into the air and drop them down upon the arriving ships before the gloops got a chance to reach the cliff wall. Mia, Juniper, and Tulsi peered over the edge of the cliff, dropping down explosive potions and releasing magical blasts to knock the climbing gloops back down into the water. The clown dojo dropped an endless supply of duck bombs over the side of the cliff as well. The ninjas would squeeze the duck bombs, and they would make a quack sound. Quack. And then they would drop the little rubber ducky over the edge, and an explosion would soon follow. Others helped behind the front lines at the cliff carrying supplies and large stones up to the edge. At first, it seemed impossible for the gloops to make any ground. The cliff face was too high and the heroes too many. None of the gloops were reaching the top. But as time went on, the heroes noticed that the stream of ships from off in the distance seemed endless. The boats crashing against the cliff were beginning to pile up, and gloops were just rolling over the wreckage to begin climbing up the cliff wall. Goose, the kid wizard, looked over the edge of the high cliff and noticed the cliffside was completely covered in climbing gloops. They were rolling into each other and combining and creating these huge gloops that rolled and reached up to the surface. Goose turned around and noticed that their supply of giant stones was almost gone. Arlo, they're about to reach the top, yelled Goose to his friend nearby. Arlo, the kid dragon, joined Goose and looked over the edge to see the incoming danger. Fall back, yelled Arlo. They're about to reach the top. Fall back. And the heroes all ran away from the cliff's edge to prepare for the gloop assault. The kid wizards from the academy had prepared for this possibility, but none of them believed the gloops could really make it to the top. 
The call of fall back made many of them nervous. And the kid wizards expected the little round gloops to come attacking over the cliff's edge. But by now, the gloops had mostly combined with each other and formed into giant gloopy beasts. The first gloop that reached over the edge was in the shape of an octopus. Its massive gloopy tentacles glistened in the sunlight and whipped into the air. Heroes ran off as the tentacles smashed into the ground, crushing nearby trees. Professor Pilsen looked on in horror as he realized that these creatures had developed the ability to shapeshift into whatever form they wanted. And the only thing limiting the size of their form was the number of gloops, and there seemed to be an endless supply of them. Pilsen reached into his suit jacket and pulled out his wand. He magically lifted himself into the air and quickly floated near this glooptopus. The beast slashed out at him with its slimy tentacles. Pilsen shifted and turned out of the way as his wand glowed brighter and brighter, and finally Pilsen dashed at the beast with incredible speed and bright white light shot out of his wand and blasted the creature. A shower of white, crushed ice exploded from the glooptopus, and it was frozen in place. It looked like an awful ice sculpture. The clown dojo ninjas took this opportunity to rush the beast. They assaulted it with their swords and sliced off huge chunks of frozen gloop. The slimy chunks of gloop ice thunked to the ground, and soon they stood among the ice chunk remains of the beast. All along the cliffside, these gloop beasts reached the top and attacked the heroes. Some took the form of giant bears. Others were shaped like humans and held weapons in their gloopy hands as they stood 50 feet tall. Most were just blobs that stretched high into the air and then fell down, crushing everything beneath them. The heroes did their best to stand their ground. Daisy and Brinley, who had honed their power of dance at the academy, took on the smaller gloops that had not yet formed into giants. They spun and danced among the enemy, and due to the power of their dance, whatever they sang came true. These awful gloops, they smash and creep. I'd rather they be a flock of sheep. And poof, the gloops near them all became a harmless flock of sheep. So they spun and sang and magically turned many attacking gloops into things like bunnies and butterflies. Calvin and Mallory were siblings at the academy, and they had learned how to work together effectively. Calvin had unbelievable speed and ninja skills, and he dashed among the feet of giant gloop monsters, throwing them off balance. Then Mallory would use her magic blasts to topple the beasts, and they crashed to the ground. Isaiah, Kaleo, and Kavi, three bizzards who had been honing their skills at the academy for a while, pummeled the gloop beasts with so many magic blasts they were knocked right back over the edge of the cliff. All along the cliff's edge, the heroes battled the gloop menace, and they kept coming and coming and coming. Ships were still crashing into the western front. Arlo and Goose had just blasted one beast off the cliff's edge. They huffed and puffed, gasping for breath. They were exhausted. They took a second to look around and noticed the same thing. The heroes were all tired and breathing heavily, but the gloops didn't get tired. They didn't pant or sweat or breathe heavy, or need a break, or need a snack. They just kept coming and coming. We're going to need to fall back again soon, said Goose. Arlo nodded slightly. He didn't want to admit it, but it was true. They would need to fall back and regroup. If we fall back near the green forest, maybe Lucy and Holly can use their secret weapon, suggested Goose. 
Arlo nodded again and ran all along the cliff's edge, yelling, Fall back to the green forest! Fall back! Arlo was speeding so quickly in and out of the battle that he barely noticed Professor Pilsen standing there. Arlo skidded to a stop right in front of him. Professor Pilsen stood before him, tall in his black suit, holding his wand. He didn't seem tired at all. Lead everyone back near the green forest. I'll hold them off as long as I can, said the professor. The professor was a mysterious figure, and all most people knew of him was that he was one of the most powerful spellcasters in the valley, and he was always serious. Sure thing, professor. We'll see you back at the green forest later, then. The professor said nothing in reply. He turned to the gloops crashing over the edge of the cliff, and he blasted them with his wand. Arlo ran back among the battle, yelling for everyone to fall back to the green forest. As he turned and looked behind him at Professor Pilsen, he saw gigantic flames bursting forth from his hand and his magic wand. Flames as big as buildings. The crackling and whooshing of the fire was so loud, even from a distance, that Arlo couldn't hear anything else. The gloop beasts all fell again and again off the cliff's edge in an attempt to flee Pilsen's epic fire magic. And as Arlo ran, herding the heroes toward the green forest, he knew that even a powerful wizard like Pilsen had his limits. No one could go on like that forever. Arlo hoped Pilsen would find a way out of that battle and be able to make it back to the green forest with the rest of the group. Just outside the green forest, the heroes sat on the ground, catching their breath and eating some rations. In the distance, they could hear Professor Pilsen continuing to fight off the gloops. And from other directions, all around the valley, they could hear the sounds of battle as other heroes fought off the gloop invasion. Lucy and Holly, two girls from the green forest, had been training at the academy for a while. Initially, they weren't sure if they had powers or special abilities like the other kids there. But over the recent months, they discovered an ability to communicate with animals telepathically. That means they could get inside the minds of animals and speak to them. The sisters had practiced this ability on all the animals around the academy. Cats, rabbits, dogs, even lizards and birds. And they had a hunch that they would be able to communicate with the dangerous tree beasts of the green forests. These monsters were rare but were some of the most fearsome creatures in all the valley. Lucy and Holly intended to practice communicating with the tree beasts before trying to do so in combat, but they didn't have time now. Hey, you two, began Goose. Think you'll be able to reach out to those tree beasts? We're going to need their help. Those gloops are going to be here any minute, I bet. We'll try, said Lucy. She turned to her sister, and they shared a nervous look. The last time these two encountered a tree beast, it was trying to eat them, and they barely escaped. They could barely believe that now they were actively trying to find them to ask for their help. Lucy and Holly stood just outside the green forest where they grew up. They held hands and closed their eyes and focused their animal-speaking magic out into the woods. Their minds searched for the minds of tree beasts, and they found them in no time. Lots of them many more than they ever thought existed. They calmly sent mental messages to the tree beasts, telling them they needed their help and that they were just outside the forest. Instantly, the ground thundered with the sounds of tree beasts stomping to the edge of the forest to meet Lucy and Holly. The other heroes took fighting stances, wondering if the tree beasts would help them or try and fight them out of fear. The beasts stood at the very edge of the forest, not stepping out from among the trees. 
They growled and showed their awful teeth. All of the tree beasts looked at Lucy and Holly, aware that it was those two girls who were inside their heads talking to them. Lucy and Holly used their telepathic animal-speaking abilities to tell the tree beasts that an incredible danger has invaded the island and that the green forest, along with everything else, will be destroyed if they don't help fight. The tree beasts understood, and they looked out to the west. The heroes followed their gaze and looked out as well. In that moment, the sounds of Professor Pilsen fighting off the gloops stopped, and the heroes all heard the thundering of the giant gloop monsters as they began to stomp toward their position. The tree beasts all emerged from the forest now. The heroes were shocked. Most of them had never seen a tree beast before, and some even questioned if they really existed. But now here they were, towering above the heroes. Being so close to them now, they marveled at the brightness of their glowing green eyes. They noticed up close how every branch and stick was razor sharp. They heard the creaking of their wooden trunks as they moved. Their toothy mouths were terrifying, and some of the tree beasts even had multiple mouths all around their trunks and in their branches. These creatures were certainly the most dangerous in the valley, and the heroes were thankful that they were on their side. The sound of the gloop beasts grew nearer, and the heroes saw them come over a tall hill. Most of the gloops were combined with other gloops, forming blobby beasts ten, fifty, and a hundred feet tall. There were other single gloops swarming at the feet of the beasts, and together they all rushed the heroes at the edge of the green forest. The tree beasts roared an impossibly terrible sound and charged the oncoming gloops. The heroes now rested a bit, and their confidence high, all charged behind the tree beasts to continue the battle. The tree beasts fearlessly smashed into the line of gloop monsters, knocking them to the ground and swiping off chunks of gloop wherever they could. And still the gloops kept coming and coming. From atop the hill, the heroes could see all the way back to the cliff's edge, and gloops continued to pour over the edge, having climbed up from their endless supply of warships out in the ocean. Despite their new alliance with the tree beasts, it all seemed hopeless up there on the hill with so many more gloops heading toward them. There was no way they could fight them all off. And then, from behind the hero's position came more help. Flying through the air were the witches and wizards of the rock fields. They were coming from their battle in the east. They flew right over the heads of the battling heroes and tree beasts to the gloops still rolling in from the cliffs. They blasted their magic down upon the rolling and stomping gloops, and the explosions rocked the earth beneath them. Ice and fire magic rained down upon the charging gloop army, and lightning cracked down from the sky. The battle raged on until the ground all around was covered in destroyed gloop goo. The area around them went quiet as the last of the gloops fell to the heroes. The tree beasts lingered for only a moment and then lumbered back into the green forest. The spellcasters from the rock fields met with the other heroes and they discussed their progress and what they would do next. Where's Professor Pilsen? asked Old Witch Tubes. He stayed back near the cliffs while we retreated to the green forest. He insisted he stay behind to give us time to regroup, answered Arlo. I see. Me and the others will go looking for him. Academy students, you go north to assist the dragons and Max in their battle. Hurry, said Tubes. No one can rest until the gloops are all defeated. And so, 
the Academy students, and the Clown Dojo began their journey to the North Coast to assist the other heroes and defeat the Gloops once and for all. The end. Wow. So, the heroes have defended the East and the West Coast of the Valley. Next episode, we will join Steve the Goblin King and more heroes as they defend the South Coast. For now, I've got some awesome shout-outs. Savannah from Melbourne, Australia enjoys the stories, and she drew a picture of a mermaid. Great job, Savannah. You're awesome. Danny and Lila enjoy the stories as well. Thanks for that drawing, Danny. You two are awesome. Brooks drew a super cool tree beast. Thanks for that one, Brooks. You're awesome. James and Charlotte, our brother and sister from Sydney, Australia, who enjoy the stories. Thanks for listening. You two are awesome. The website is kidstoriespodcast.com. The Patreon is patreon.com forward slash kidstoriespodcast. Send all your drawings or questions to kidstoriespodcast at gmail.com. Adios!